0: Yeah, I heard it throughout the week. Somebody described worship as um, the opportunity to um, sit down and have a romantic dinner with Jesus, you know. And I was talking about what we do as a worship team is we are the we're the table, we're the meal, we're the candle, you know, that provides the atmosphere and the opportunity for people to have a romantic time, a intimate time with Jesus. Absolutely. I realised something this week that the mandate on our church... I think I've always known it, but I haven't articulated it, maybe. But even personally for myself, the mandate of my life is to bring people into an experience with the love of God, the Father heart of God. Yeah? Every church has a heartbeat. Every church has a DNA. One's not right, one's not wrong. They're just different. It's what God has called that place to. And what has always been on this place is a sense of healing and restoration, but that cannot exist outside of the Father's heart, outside of his love. Yeah? I heard it shared just the last couple of days and I loved it because we, we love prophetic ministry here in the church and we allow it to be expressed and we teach it and we run our prophetic presbytery and stuff like that. And... Um, a particular person said the reason that they love the Father heart of God and they love to teach the Father heart of God. And all this while I'm thinking, this is, this is what's on our church. you know." But they were just saying, how can you deliver the, a prophetic word or how can you receive a prophetic word if you don't know the Father's heart? Because once you know the Father's heart, you can deliver a prophetic word that's from his heart. And once you understand his love for you, you can receive a prophetic word knowing it comes from his heart. And so you always receive it right. Should always be delivered right anyway. But it's that love, that that realization of the enormity of his love that makes it right. Amen? And so for me, when I think of Mount Clear Church of Christ, you know, whether I'm speaking or whether it's a guest, whether it's my wife. Whether it's a communion message, whether it's our, our offering, whatever it is, whoever it is, everything that we share, our worship, everything that we do should give you a glimpse of the Father, heart of God. It should give you, give you a glimpse of how much He loves you. Yeah? And that's why some songs are just so potent that when you sing them, you know, I, I'll do anything to get to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to light up the shadows, I, I'm, I'm going to kick down walls. Man, if someone's lying about you, I'm going to rip it. I'm going to do like that just shows the intensity of his love, yeah, for us. And so that's what you should capture. You know, whether you're a part of the family here, whether you're a guest here today, if you capture anything from Mount Clear Church of Christ, it should be the heart and the love that father has for you. The other churches, what I get from them should be what's on their house. And I know what they get from me and what they get from Mount Clear is this love and this acceptance and this value that comes from the Father's heart. And so I've had all of that bouncing around and then we we had the worship that we had today, you know, which I just loved, (laughs) which was just so on the money. You know, last week, I, I talked about what for me is a picture of, of just the size of the love the father has for us in him giving us the opportunity to forgive you know to forgive us to forgive others to forgive ourselves we you know we, we went through this journey you know particularly the passage of scripture that said you know we need to forgive in the same way that he's forgiven us you know and and last week I unpacked, and I need to unpack in the picture of the Father's heart and his love this morning for where I want to go, that I, I suggested last week that the way that he's forgiven us is that he chooses every day not to remember. That's what I said last week. Because the Bible says that he doesn't remember, but for those of you that have been a Christian for longer than five minutes, you may have grown up singing songs like, we, you know, we cast our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and stuff, you know. And I said, God doesn't forget. God is not a robot. He he, he just doesn't flick into autopilot. The Bible says that you and I are created in his image, and we have emotions, and we have feelings. Well, if we're created in his image and we've got those things, where do they come from? They come from him, yeah? Yeah. They come from him. So he just doesn't switch. Oh, they've become Christian. Autopilot. I don't remember their past. That's not how he works. He has emotion. He has feelings. So when the Bible says that he remembers no more our iniquity, he loves us so much. This is what you should have got last week. He loves you so much that every day, remember a day is only like that to God, right? Every day, he goes... One of my children, I don't remember. I choose not to. I choose not choose not to choose not to choose not to choose not to. Oh, bigger, but I choose not to. Not choose not to choose not to choose not to choose not, not choose not to choose not. I hardly have to ha- hardly have to forget anything. You know, that's that's really easy. Oh, that one's a bit harder. Choose not to choose not to choose. To. He chooses every day, and then he says, "Forgive others like I've forgiven you." So when we go through stuff in life. We need to make a conscious decision in having experienced his love for us. We go I'm not going to I'm choosing today not to remember that against that person. Yeah. But it only works when you understand his love for you. It only works when you understand how much he loves you because outside of that context you're trying to sit where he is you're trying to be near his heart you're trying to forgive the way that he forgave it doesn't work unless we have this, this revelation of his love for us yeah you know for me god's perfect it's not a, you know he's just he's just he's just perfect And he is a father who happens to be our father, who is so full of love for his children, which happens to be us. And so he demonstrates his love by giving us an opportunity to step back into his family, making it a way for us to be seated in heavenly places with Jesus. And then he chooses to remember no more all the stuff that we've done. The reason that that shows how great his love is, it's really simple. He's God. He knows the beginning of the book. He knows the end of the book. He knows the edits along the way. He knows where liquid paper's been used. He knows where names have been been rewritten. He actually knows it. Nothing is a surprise for him. That's why I'm quite comfortable saying he chooses not to remember. He loves me so much. I am so, I am the apple of his eye. And so are you, just my apple's bigger. And so I'm the apple of his eye and he loves me so much that he chooses not to remember so that I can walk with him in the cool of the day and have a conversation with him. You know, last week, this quote by Danny Silk for me captures how much he loves us. The evidence of my forgiveness is my willingness to bless and cherish you. The evidence of my forgiveness is my willingness to bless and cherish you. So so we we have been forgiven by Papa and we know he's blessed us. He's invited us into his family where he's ambassadors. I mean, we even represent him. There's a little bit of trust going on there, yeah? Not just us trusting him. Yeah. He's like he's trusting us. Because he's choosing not to remember because if he chooses to remember, I don't think he's going to trust us yet. He's going to think, oh no, they've failed 27 times, 30 times, 100 times. He absolutely cherishes each and every one of us and then he gives us the opportunity to do the same, to cherish and love those that are around us by, when we forgive them. You know, Last week I said that forgiveness may be probably one of the hardest things that we ever face in life. And it's really tough being a Christian. It's just tough. It's tough being Christ-like. We've got a beautiful, wonderful, extraordinary, supernatural example. And yes, we have Holy Spirit that lives in us to counsel us, to guide us, to empower us. But if we're all going to be real, yeah, if we're all going to be real, no one here has walked on water yet. Um, I know there are men and women around the world that have, but I I don't know all the faces that are here. But if you have, I'd love to talk to you. I don't think anyone here has raised the dead yet. Yeah, I know it's possible. I know people who have, but just in this room, you know. By the way, if you have, please, I'd love to talk to you. That'd be great. You know, <laughs> like because I know it can happen. But it's hard sometimes. I reckon if I'm to be totally honest and transparent, just in living everyday life, yeah, it can be. It seems like it's beyond our capabilities of being Christ-like, of being a Christian, in our relationships with our kids, at work, at school, you know. So, in light of all of that, I want to unpack some truth today. Is that all right? Eleven thirty. I'll probably have to continue next week. So I'll get started, and um, ten or fifteen minutes max, and then we'll see, and then we'll go from there. Is that all right? So I think God has set a premise for what he wants to actually impart to us. Yeah, He's already done the foundational work. So Joshua 1, Joshua 1 verses 1 to 5. See, in the light of everything that I've just spoken about, the worship that we've had, I'm starting to understand why God spoke the way he did to Joshua. And it reads... From verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant's dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the... Um, desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, some of us know the story. Moses had just died, and then God says to Joshua, Listen, I'm going to get you to do what Moses, I didn't let Moses do. I'm going to get you to do what he didn't. Yeah? You're going to lead my children into the promised land. Yay. Imagine, he's just walked with Moses 40 years. He knows the grumblings, knows the heartache. He knows the failures. He knows the awesome adventure. Yeah. that what, The what could have been, the what ifs. And then God says, and now you're going to finish the job. If I was Joshua, I, I would suggest he's probably thinking, really, me? Like, you know, wouldn't somebody else be better than me? I, I, I'm not feeling all that confident at the moment. It's a, You know, like Moses was special, God. It, it, it's a pretty big ask. You know, like, that's a, it's a tough ask. You know, like, we all looked up to Moses. He was like, wow, you know, and now you're asking me to do that. I don't know if I can. And then God being God, in his, in his holiness and in his perfection, he knows Joshua's thoughts in the same way that he knows ours. yeah. Because it's not a thought that you have that he doesn't know. yeah. In the same way that he knows ours, he knows Joshua's. And he says these words to, to reassure him. So he has so much love for the children of Israel, so much love for his servant Joshua, that he wants Joshua to know it. yeah. He wants him to know it. And so he reassures him so, he can, so that he can show him his love and that he cares. And he says, no one will be able to stand against you. In other words, he says, Joshua, listen. I know, I, I know you're freaking out at the moment, but where you're going to go, there are going to be some people that are going to stand against you. By the way, <laughs> but hey, be of good cheer; it'll be okay. It, they won't be able to do it. Yeah. All I heard was there's going to be some people that were going to stand against me. That's all I heard. Like, I didn't get past that. You know that moment? If you ever watch Maxwell Smart, you know, the chief goes through everything that Max has to do. He goes, did you get that, Max? And he goes, oh, yeah, right from the point of, like, where you started, you know? And I reckon Joshua was like, no, I, I, I heard you say I'm going to do what Moses, and then the people are going to stand against me. Like, I would have been stuck there just because of my fear. The thought of going into a foreign land for me, and to take it as mine, that's like God saying, listen, I want you to go, um, I want you to leave Ballarat into Buninyong because people in Buninyong don't believe that they're part of Ballarat, they're different, right? I, I know, because my kids go there, right, and if you live in Buninyong, you're not from Ballarat, you're from Everybody everywhere else you're from Ballarat, where do you live, I'm in Ballarat, Mount Clear, oh cool, where do you live, you're in Ballarat, oh no, 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 I'm in Buninyong. Like, trust me, that's what they're like, right? So God says, I want you to go across into the promised land of Buninyong, right? And out the back, there's this beautiful land. There's a couple of houses on it, and it's yours. Go and take it. By the way, there might be some people that'll be unhappy about that, and they're going to stand against you. But don't worry about it. It'll be okay. won't work. Now, I would be thinking, maybe if I drive around Bunningong, and I head out further, I could probably find something that'll fit with my capabilities you know like I'm, I'm just thinking that I reckon that would have been a tough call but Papa knows Joshua's thoughts and so in verse 6 he starts of Joshua 1 he says be strong and courageous because you'll lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them he, he's he's reassuring him he's he's reassuring his love the love that he has for him verse 7 be strong and courageous yeah Verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous, he keeps saying. He keeps reassuring him because he wants Joshua to understand the size, the complexity of the love that he has for him, yeah? Father knows that what he's asked Joshua is going to be tough. It's the same way with some of the things that he asks us, yeah? Of course he knows. He knows it. He's God. He knows the whole story. And so knowing our hearts, knowing our thoughts, he reassures us in the midst of that doubt. He reassures us in in the midst of that confusion. Over and over and over and over and over again, right through Scripture, he's constantly reassuring us. Right throughout the Bible, he's forever reassuring us of his love for us and that he's with us. does it all the time he wants us to know that he's on our side that it'll be okay that's what it gets down to it'll be okay hey i'm your dad it'll be fine you can climb that tree you can climb that rock mountain you can ride that bike take the training wheels off it'll be okay start that business yeah he's constantly reassuring us that he's going to be with us and then i love this because get this Think of the, one of the first songs that we sang today. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2. But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. By the way, I love you so much that you're mine. Yeah? You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I'm going to be with you. Yeah? And when you pass through the rivers, they'll not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you won't be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I love it because it's almost like there's two sides of this. He's not saying our life's not going to be difficult and he's not saying that there's not going to be rivers and he's not saying that there won't be waters and he's not saying that there won't be flames. But what he's saying is when you, when you, when you, not if you, but when you, and then because he knows our heart, he wants us to see his heart and he says, I will, they will, it'll be okay. You won't be burned, you won't drown, you won't be washed away, hey? Hello? You're the one I love. You're the one I cherish and bless. It's it's Papa reassuring us through his word again and again and again. So in our Christian life, we're going to pass through waters. And and some of them are going to be really deep. And we're going to end up in rivers. And some of them are going to be like rapids. Yeah? Yeah? But they won't sweep over us. And we may walk through fire, but we won't get burned. In other words, there are tough times ahead of you, but fear not. Be strong. Be courageous. I'll be with you. You you won't get harmed. I love you that much. So yes, being a Christian, being Christ-like is tough. It can be super tough. Think about it. We spoke about forgiveness. Forgiving someone that has hurt you can be really, really hard. Forgiving someone that has hurt somebody that you love or a part of your family, that can be even harder. And he asks us to forgive and then he asks us to choose to remember no more. Yeah? What about loving people? Loving people that are simply unlovable. Anybody got people like that in their family? Yeah. Anybody got someone like that here now? No, no, don't Don't. Like, sometimes it's really hard to love everybody. It just is. We're all wired different. But we know that the word calls us to love one another. We know that. But it's hard to love someone that has left scars on your life and in your life. It's really hard. In fact, almost unthinkable when you think about some particular people. What about being patient? Being patient with some people and and that really, when you think about just trying to bear with them, it makes you sick in your stomach. But we're called to be patient, yeah? Yeah. And all you really want to do is yell and scream and walk away and choke them secretly and give them the royal finger. You notice it was the other finger, just but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All we want to do is that. You know, having joy in the midst of our mourning is hard. Having peace when you're disturbed feels unattainable. And having faith in the middle of a mess when all you can feel and sense is fear and doubt, that's, that's really hard. Um, I, they know I was going to mention them today, Adam and Beck, who aren't here, because they had to take one of their sons to hospital last night. So Adam and Beck, they've got their older son, Lockie, who's had the kidney transplant, all that sort of stuff, and that's been a journey for them. And then last night... They had one of their, their, I think almost their youngest, I think, um, that had some pain and he had some blood in his urine and so they took him to emergency and they were in the same emergency cubicle that they were in when they were told that Lockie's kidneys were failing. So could you imagine that fear just all of a sudden, all of the memory that's there, that's accompanied to that. And I love what... They managed to post on Facebook, yeah, on social media that, hey, uh, this, we can't believe that this is happening, but we know that God is good and he's faithful. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes being a Christian can be really hard work. I don't know what it would be like in that place. I, I just, I, I, I don't. I, I couldn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine the fear and the trauma that would resurface at that moment and still be able to utter the words, but God is good and we're going to trust in him and we're going to worship him and we're going to raise our hands to him. None of it makes sense. And I don't know about you, but I certainly have at different moments of my walk cried out, I can't do this, Lord. I can't do this. I can't go on. Can't take another hit. I can't take another blow. I can't love another unlovely. You know, I can't forgive another unforgivable person. I can't do that. I can't be patient with their brokenness. I can't do it. Yet he says, Hey, when you walk through the waters, I'm there. When you're stepping into the river, I'm there. If you're going through the fire, I'm there. It'll be okay. Be strong and courageous. I love you. I love you. I love you. That's a father's heart for you. (laughs) You know, he encouraged me this week with all of this stuff, and he reassured me in his word again. And I'll leave you with a scripture. (laughs) But I, I just I don't I just don't have the time to unpack it because of the, where we are at the moment. It's Romans eight, eighteen and nineteen. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, for the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. I'm going to suggest that we have so taken the wrong slant on that passage of scripture if everything about father God is love if everything about him toward us is the the immensity and the enormity of that love then when we read I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing for, for whatever reason most of us have always thought about our present sufferings in the sense of pain, heartache, tribulation, issues. Yeah? And he says they're nothing comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed. And we think of the circumstance, the situation, exactly how it happened. But hey, knowing that he loves us, what about, let me throw it out there, what about when we think about the present sufferings, what about the sufferings we endure when we're being like Jesus? What about the suffering and, and, and the difficulty and the heartache when we're trying to live a life of forgiveness for those that are unforgivable? The tension that's in us. Because there is a suffering when we let go of stuff. What about if the suffering was that? What about in trying to love those that are unlovable? Maybe the suffering, the present suffering, isn't so much about what's happening on the exterior, but about what's happening in the interior when we're trying to step into a space to be like Jesus where he calls us. You know, what about the tension and the hurt and the pain when we're trying to live a life that's full of peace when all we want is for the earth to create a hole and swallow us up? Anyone ever been there? Maybe, maybe that's the suffering that we're supposed to be talking about. The suffering to be like Jesus when we don't want to anymore. When we can't. When there's no strength left. When life doesn't make sense. I don't want to love them, God. I don't want to. And then you hear the, but I loved you. But I'm better than him. I don't want to forgive them. Do you know what they've done? But I forgave you. And I choose every day not to remember. This is consuming me. Lord, I can't let it go. My peace, I give you. What about the suffering and the conflict in the middle of holding on to our faith like Adam and Beck? God, we've been through so much, and now this we can't take anymore. Seriously, more? I don't know. How can we believe that you are a good God in the midst of all this? It's not fair. Takes courage to be Jesus. It takes courage to live this life. In here, as Bill Johnson will put it, Jehovah sneaky promises something, yeah, something that we that we can often miss. I'm going to give people an option. I've got about five minutes to go. It's ten to. 10 to 12. Am I okay to keep going? Or would you like me to continue next week? I'm putting it to you. Oh, out loud. That's terrible, isn't it? I'd like to keep going. I just need one person to say yes and I'll keep going. He says that our current sufferings are nothing to the glory that's going to be revealed in us. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Nothing to the glory that will be revealed so, what's his glory? See, so if we can get this, this is why we need to be courageous. Yeah. This is why we need to persevere. This is, this is the reason for that tension and that suffering and, and that suffering when we're trying to be like Christ, where we want to be like Christ, but the external circumstances are so difficult. Yeah. Now, his glory can be hard to explain. It's you ever tried to explain the word beauty? Try to just think in your head how do I explain beauty? What does beauty mean? Something that's beautiful. Yeah, good work with that. Yeah, well done. You know, it, you, you can't explain the word beauty. We can use it in sentences, in, in conversations. But when we go to explain it, it's, practically, it's actually practically impossible. And, and God's glory, when we're talking about his glory, it's like that. How, how do you explain his glory? And, and I think sometimes it's easier to use examples. Samuel might put some pictures up. If you think of a, a sunset on Mount Everest, yeah, that's glory. It's it's beauty. It's exceptional. It's everything like man, that's God at his best. Yeah? If you think of Mount Everest itself, that's glory. If you think of the birth of a child, yeah, that's, that's glory. That, that moment that, that you, you can't capture it with any other words. There's something in that. That's glory. You know, the, a perfect blue sky, that's glory. When you're out at night and there's stars in the heavens and you're like, wow, that's glory, His glory refers to the infinite and overflowing fullness of all that is good. His glory is beauty and excellence of His manifest perfections. His glory is an attempt to explain who God is and what He's like. John Piper puts it this way, God's glory is the perfect harmony of all His attributes into one infinitely beautiful and personal being. That's the Father's glory. This is why we persevere. This is why we hang in there. It's for His glory that is going to be revealed. And you and I, you've got to get this. This is how much He loves us. We were created for His glory. We go through suffering and tension for the glory that's going to be revealed. And the glory that's going to be revealed is us. Isaiah 43.7 Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. It means that Papa created us to display his glory. When we're forgiving the unforgivable, we are being Jesus. And when we're being Jesus, we are demonstrating the glory of God. That's the glory that might be known, that might be praised through us. His glory that's been revealed, that's how much he loves us. It's it's a ridiculous, it's a stupid plan, God. You've got a problem, and your problem is mankind. So I'm going to send my son so that they then have an opportunity to fix my problem with them. Go out, be my mouthpiece. Go and disciple the nations. Who? Us? Tell them about all I've commanded you. Who? Us? And then it's like, and by the way, in this suffering, it's nothing for the glory that's going to be revealed in you and through you for those around you. What a ridiculous plan. God, are you joking? You're going to use us. John 17, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as I, as we are one. He knew the plan. So he put glory in us. So when that tension is happening and we finally step into a place where we're like Jesus because we become like him with ever-increasing glory, yeah? transformed into his likeness. And when we're able to forgive the people that we should not be able to forgive, people see a glimpse of God. They capture his glory through us. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. That's what we take into the world it's not the missional stuff that we do, that's good. It's not the wells that we dig, that's good. It's not the teaching the pastors all over the globe, that's good. It's the fact that people discover God through us, through what we do, when we're Christ-like. And it's all of that together that the world experiences. Man, we got such an, like, what a... What a mind-boggling plan. God's glory... It's the perfect harmony of all his attributes into one infinitely beautiful and personal being. You. You are His glory. You are His glory. When you are doubting your life, you are His glory. When you're doubting the call of God in your heart, you are His glory. When you're not sure you hear him anymore, you are his glory. That's why we need to be strong and courageous. (laughs) Creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed today. Today, the word courage comes from the the same stem same root word in French cower something like that I've got it spelt somewhere here C-O-E-U-R same stem word and it means heart same word for courage Same stem word means heart. That means the easiest way for us to to find courage when we can't forgive, to us to find love when we can't love, for us to find peace when we have no peace. He's not in here. The courage that we need is here. That's why He's placed eternity in our hearts. So when we discover where our strength comes from, we reveal the glory of God. Man, I don't know about you, but that's worth celebrating. So why don't we stand? You and I are revealing his glory. We are revealing the Father. And you and I do that when we become the children of God. So be strong and courageous. I want to finish with this scripture. Romans 5.8 But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners. So this is what I read. Sometimes social media is really good. Someone posted this. You are loved more than you will ever know by someone who dies to know you. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah? And so I love that and I thought, well, then we need to live courageous. We need to live from our heart. We need to die to ourselves for him because when we die to ourselves for him, we make it possible for others to know the one that died for them. You and I are his glory. You and I are his glory. So in this house right now, just let's close our eyes. And I want to pray for this to be a revelation because in every part of your heart that's you've got a hidden hurt, pain, confusion, doubt, something that you think disqualifies you for God, disqualifies you for His work, disqualifies you from being able to share all that He's done for you. No, 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 no. You were created for His glory. The truth that you need to take today is that you were created for Him. He placed eternity in your heart. He wants your heart and he wants you to be strong and courageous from your heart. Amen. So, Father, right now, I just pray, Lord, that each and every one of us would take, Lord, this away. That we would be men and women who are different, God. Men and women that won't struggle with the doubts, but knowing that while we're in this present struggle, that it doesn't compare to the glory that's going to be revealed through us. Thank you, Lord, that creation is waiting for the children of God to be revealed. And Lord, when we start to forgive the way that you forgave us, when we start to pour out your love, the enormity of your love, Lord, when we have peace in situations that we shouldn't have peace, when we have joy, God, when we're long-suffering, Father, I know that those that are around us are discovering you. They're discovering your beauty, your intensity, Lord. They're discovering your glory, Father, they did discovering the plan that you put into place that God's glory is the perfect harmony of all his attributes into one infinitely beautiful and personal being. God, I pray today that that would be a reality for us, not just in this moment, but for the next and for tomorrow and for next week, Father, and next month and next year and for the next situation and the next circumstance and the next heartache, that we would remember that you and I are created for His glory, that we demonstrate all that He is, that the suffering that we might be going through now is is only temporary for what is going to be revealed through us. And Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that we need to do nothing but understand how great your love is for us. And so, Holy Spirit, I, I just pray an impartation of your goodness, an impartation of your strength, that, Lord, that you would move even now through the seats. And, Lord, you would start to singe, God, and wipe out, Father, anything that is not of you. Father, that you would start to speak life into areas where there's been death, that you would start to speak life into areas where there was lifeless, nest lord god that father you would start to fan into flame dreams that have been forgotten lord as people realize who they are because of whose they are and so father we thank you for this time together we give you all the glory and lord we give you all the honor and all his people in the house said amen Amen. have a magnificent sunday and allow god to use you to reveal his glory amen